the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Happy Friday Eve, everybody. Thank Jesus. Yeah, welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We are rolling into Friday, and let me tell y'all, tomorrow might be the biggest Friday of the year, and we will explain why a little bit later on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Super excited to have you guys here with me on this Friday Eve edition of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Much to get into tonight. This isn't just any Friday Eve. This is actually a birthday for somebody very important to America today, and we're going to share that with you. We've got some breaking news happening around uh, not just the Supreme Court, but also breaking news around fraud Fauci to share with you guys tonight, those topics and more. And the phones are also going to be open to you, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Before I go any further, i got to bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get you out of here? Is that all you're going to say tonight? All right. Uh, Skins is having a little bit of, um, he's decided to protect his voice. We'll just put it that way tonight. I don't know. Um, I'm, but I guarantee you that he's going to uh, get fired up at some point during the show, in tonight's show and uh, lend his wisdom. It might take until we get into the fraud Fauci portion of the show, of which usually uh, gets his back up. But I know. Mm-hmm. I can taste it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So it is uh, all eyes today on the birthday boy. Justice Clarence Thomas himself. And today, I think it's rather fitting that on his auspicious birthday that he actually gave a gift to America. And he wrote the opinion today, the majority opinion, that rolled back some 100-year-old gun grab law in the state of New York, which might actually be rolling back some gun grab laws around the country. And before we share with you the wisdom, the brilliance that is Clarence Thomas on his birthday, Birthday. We thought we might want to celebrate, open the show. Last night I had to open the show with some vegetables. I thought, you know what, let's tonight, let's celebrate not just Clarence Thomas's birthday, not just celebrate um, his ruling today, um, because it is good news, but actually even open the show with a little humor, right? Because Clarence Thomas, in addition to being absolutely brilliant, the most constitutionally conservative, I think, left on the court, he's also a dude that's super funny. And so we found this clip of him today where he's actually talking about uh, Justice Scalia, but I just thought it just really showed that somebody so brilliant can also just have just a silly goofball side, and I absolutely loved this clip of Justice 
Justice Thomas today. Uh, Skins, please play clip eight. He would ask me things. He was really funny. Um, he would ask me to go hunting with him. And he thought it was odd that someone from rural Georgia would not go hunting. <laughs> and I said, Nino, it's really odd that someone from urban New York and New Jersey will go hunting. <laughs> I said, last I checked, I left nothing in the woods. <laughs> so you expect me to risk rattlesnake bites, moccasin bites, ticks, fleas, etc., to kill some unassuming bird with a big gun. No. <laughs> uh, he invited me to uh, go to the Kennedy Center with him because he likes, he said, Clarence, you like classical music? I said, oh, I sure do. He said, come to the Kennedy Center. I said, oh, yeah, but I don't like people who like classical music. <laughs> <laughs> That just tickled me to no end today. First of all, his laugh is just absolutely adorable, that giggle. And I just love his love, love, love that sense of humor. Um, I know there's many clips out there of his brilliance, one of which I because he's also a fierce fierce advocate for freedoms, a fierce advocate for truth. So I, I actually posted another serious clip of him today today on the socials in which he's talking about, you know what? Even if there's a hurricane, north is still north. He said you could be in the middle of a thunderstorm, but north is still north, right? He talked about all the different type of storm equations. And, of course, growing up in Georgia, and I grew up in the deep south. I mean, we know our way from tor- tornadoes and, and hurricanes. and um, But north is still north. doesn't matter what's going on with the weather. North is still north, right? And he goes on to say it doesn't matter. Right is always right. It doesn't change with the wind. And that's what and, and, and we are blessed as a nation to have somebody on the Supreme Court, regardless of what his skin color is. And they hate him, by the way, because he dares to have a certain skin color and be this advocate for constitutional rights. And this and 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 for the fact that that our rights and our constitution on which this country was founded does not shift under the phony guise of progressivism. Right. I can only imagine what he's saying behind the scenes about what the Biden administration, the left is trying to do with the insanity that involves transgenderism and and identity politics. And we've got a story to bring to you guys for that. But let's let's talk about today, because this glorious, amazing, wonderful man who they tried to destroy back in the 80s. And he was he was nominated, I believe, by 41. Uh, They tried to destroy him and they're trying to destroy him now through his wife. But he is he's he is that north. On the compass. He stands firm regardless of what the storms are going along around him. So he wrote the majority opinion today that had to do with the, with New York City, with, had to do with New York. And he pointed out and what it was, was in New York, um, if you wanted to carry a gun outside your home, you had to go and basically beg for permission by somehow justifying that you had pro- proper cause to consider yourself in need of self-defense. Why should you have to go? First of all, you shouldn't have to go and ask permission to exercise any right at all, because we know we we believe that our rights come from God, not from man. But the idea that you not only have to go ask for permission, but you have to go prove, justify to some government government official while your life deserves protecting. Well, we've got, by the way, while we've got all these sanctimonious 
um, Hollywood actors like Alec Baldwin that are all surrounded by armed security as though their lives deserve more protecting than ours. And he said that he pointed out today that the proper cause provision of such gun laws is unconstitutional. He based his ruling not only on the Second Amendment, but on the 14th Amendment. Um, He said this is the proper cause that puts the onus on the petitioner to prove why he or she needs a firearm. Right. He specifically said New York is not alone in requiring a permit to carry a handgun in public. But the vast majority of states, 43 by our count, are quote, shall issue jurisdictions where authorities must issue concealed carry licenses whenever applicants satisfy certain threshold requirements without granting licensing officials discretion to deny licenses based on a perceived lack of need or suitability. Meanwhile, he says only six states in the District of Columbia have may issue licensing laws. Now, I've got I've got an attorney, Michael O'Neill, is going to be on here in a moment. Uh, to discuss what happens next and what this means for states like here, those states that have the May issue, where you've got to go beg and try to prove that you have the right uh, to for self-defense. This is ultimately a self-defense ar- ar- argument. It was actually, and this lawsuit was actually filed on behalf of kind of like San Diego County gun owners here in San Diego, an association, and two citizens in New York. I'm, I'm confused. What took 100 years? Right? What took 100 years to get this overturned? This was a 6-3 majority opinion written by by Clarence Thomas. He said that he he went on to say at one point that in in the the 14th Amendment, he said um, the 14th Amendment, carrying a firearm, uh, I'm I'm trying to read this article quickly. Um, He goes on to say that Carrying a weapon, there's nothing in the Second Amendment or the 14th Amendment. If everybody understands that the, what, part of the right that you have to bear arms in, in this country is for self-defense, he goes on to say that there's nothing in the Second Amendment or the 14th Amendment that grants a distinction between your need to defend yourself inside the home or defend yourself outside the home. Think about all these people on the subway when that guy came in and shot up. He managed to get guns, Right. What's interesting, so um, one of the things that's interesting here, great arguments, of course, by Justice Thomas, but that what, what I, I was not happy with today, though, was there was a separate opinion um, written by, uh, that supposedly concurred with Thomas. It was written uh, by Kavanaugh and Justice Roberts that wrote that Thursday's ruling does not preclude state and local restrictions on gun ownership by fellows, felons and the mentally ill or laws banning this carrying of firearms in, quote, sensitive locations like schools and government buildings. Well, all New York has to do at this point, and like I said, we've got Michael O'Neill is going to be going to be coming on the show in a moment. We're going to ask him what this means for for states because um, the mayor of New York has come out and said, "Look, you're if you have a premise permit, which means you've got a permit to carry a weapon inside your home, it's still illegal to carry it outside the home." And then we also know, as, because he says that this is being remanded down to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, um, he also. Um, it, there's also a, a question that I have, a concern that if there's this uh, second, uh, a separate opinion that talks about states and local restrictions that can still uh, ban firearms in, quote, sensitive locations. Well, they can make everything a sensitive location, can't they? So I don't mean to put a damper on it. This ruling is great news, but we need to uh, we need to understand the implications here. And of course, none of us should be surprised that squishy, weak kneed Kavanaugh 
and far left Lib Roberts had to try to throw, had to try to somehow mitigate this great news, this great gift to America, because at, particularly at a time, and actually Sam Alito had some comments that he made that, uh, today regarding this that I thought were absolutely uh, uh, um, brilliant. Um, he talked about how, um, in terms of gun control laws, because the left, of course, is all hysterical, saying, how could we, you know, and, the, and the, the libs on the court were all saying, this is just so reckless at this time when we've got all this gun violence going on across this country. It was Justice Alito. Yeah, it was Governor Kathy Hochul in New York described the decision today as not just reckless, but reprehensible and frightening in scope. Uh, she went on to say the Supreme Court is setting us backwards in dealing with gun violence. Uh, Samuel Alito rightly pointed out, uh, look, it was the very state of, of New York in Buffalo when amidst all their gun control laws and while this this law was in place with this proper cause was in place, uh, the Buffalo mass shooting happened as well as the subway shooting happened. Um, here's, a, here's a clip I want to play, Skins, um, of New York City Mayor Adams discussing uh, the ruling today. Clip five. We cannot allow New York to become the wild, wild west. That is unacceptable. This decision is created. We will not allow our city to live in fear that everyone around us is armed. And that any altercation could evolve into a shootout. We will not allow the men and women of the police department to be subject, subjected to further danger, making their already difficult jobs even more horroring. Um, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but if I was on that subway being shot up. I think I'd be more in fear not being able to defend myself against somebody. You look at the subway. I, I don't know how anybody in New York even gets on the subway right now. There was a video of a woman that was just last week or so that was picked up and forcibly thrown onto the train tracks. You have no ability. The streets are rife with all kinds of criminals all, all over New York State running around with guns, right? They've got, they, they can get, they can get in a, a gun illegally probably in 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes right there and go and shoot up the place. Right. Shootouts are happening. It's just not it's just a one sided fight going on in the streets of New York. It is the wild, wild west in the streets of New York and not even just with guns. I know I got a friend of mine who lives in a, in a building in New York and somebody was stabbed to death outside the front door of her building. It is the wild, wild west. And people need to have the right to be able to defend themselves. What they don't want they, they actually want this anarchy in the streets. We've talked about this enough. They want the anarchy in the streets. They want this crime wave. They want the good law-abiding citizens to be locked inside of their homes out of fear. The last thing that they want is Kyle Rittenhouses in the street who know how to use a gun and will shoot back at somebody trying to kill him. That's the last thing that they want, and that's what we need. One of the, left, one of the justices on the left said that basically – uh, I think one of them said that there's there's no such thing as a good guy with a gun. Well, we know that that's not true. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in attorney Michael J. O'Neill and get his uh, his perspective on this. He's actually written a new author, authored numerous amicus briefs to the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to get his take on what happens next on this, as well as the big decision everybody's waiting for. Will it come tomorrow? Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, celebrating the Justice Clarence Thomas's uh, phenomenal ruling today, or the majority opinion that he wrote. Just so happens to be on his birthday. I think that was the birthday gift that he gave to America today. We're going to continue our discussion on that. With Michael J. O'Neill, he serves as Assistant General Counsel and the Barbara K. Olson Legal Counsel, graduate of Villanova University and Catholic University's Columbus School of Law. He actually specializes in constitutional and regulatory legal matters, and he's actually authored numerous amicus briefs with the U.S. uh, Supreme Court. So I'm super excited to have him on to talk about this, uh, this ruling, as well as what we hopefully can expect tomorrow. Hi, Mr. O'Neill. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, it's good to be with you. Well, thank you. Um, you know, um, uh, I know that um, you might be intimidated at this clip I'm about to play sure. with the, with the soundbite of one of the greatest legal minds in American history, <laughs> Kamala Harris. But Kamala today had a comment to make about our great uh, Clarence Thomas's uh, opinion today, and I'd like to play this for you. It's a short one. I'm not going to make your ears bleed, but I want to play it for you quickly and get your response. Skins clip nine. Sure. We, the president, myself, many of us are deeply concerned and troubled by the Supreme Court's ruling today. Um, it, it, I believe, defies common sense and um, the Constitution of the United States. Okay. Um, You've heard from the former uh, attorney general here from the state of California and the vice president of the United States basically saying Clarence Thomas is ruling defies common sense in the Constitution. What say you? Well, let's look at the Second Amendment here. The Second Amendment is a clearly enumerated right, unlike some of these other concocted rights that the left likes to throw out. Well, we're talking about the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, and the right is to keep and bear arms to keep and to bear arms. And what do we had today? We had a decision come down from the United States Supreme Court, Clarence Th- written, as you just said, by Clarence Thomas, and there was a concurrence by Roberts and uh, Kavanaugh that said that New York State could not, uh, could not prohibit individuals from carrying handguns for self-protection outside the home. If you recall, the Heller decision that was issued uh, a number of years ago said that you had a, the Second Amendment encompassed a right to bear arms and a right to uh, provide to possess a handgun in your home for protection. Well, again, now this decision extends that, doesn't extend the right, but states that the Second Amendment encompasses the right to bear arms, the right to possess a handgun outside of your home for protection. Now, let's keep in mind, let's, let's put this in perspective. Seven jurisdictions have this, this law on the books. That means 43 other states. Seven states have this law on the books. That means 43 other states don't have this law. So in, in all those other states, people somehow manage to – people are able to survive, and there isn't this onset of tragedy that's mm-hmm. occurring because those states don't have this, this onerous law that New York State had. And what crossed the line really with it, what the court found was that it subjected individuals who wanted to possess a handgun outside their home and carry a handgun outside their home to this onerous, burdensome regulatory process. What it did was it subjected individuals – to having to go through the be subject to the whims of a low-level bureaucrat mm-hmm. who for some reason in an arbitrary and capricious manner could find to concoct a reason 
to prohibit you from carrying a weapon outside your house, or a handgun outside your house for protection. And this was excluding individuals. There were a number of amicus briefs, and the, the, the majority opinion talks about it, cites a number of amicus briefs here where there are situations where you see individuals had a legitimate need. They were in fear for their life. Imagine if you're in, working in a city and you have to commute back and forth from, and you have to go through some dangerous areas and dangerous mm-hmm. neighborhoods. And these, these sorts of hypotheticals were posited in front of the court. Well, you can't rely on the police because you can say, oh, well, the police will get there. Well, the police could get there six, seven minutes later, and anything can happen to you for six or seven minutes. So you go through the legitimate process. We're not saying that you can't regulate handguns, that you can't regulate guns. You just cannot subject individuals to this ownersome, burdensome process whereby you're subject to the arbitrary decisions of a low-level bureaucrat, and that infringes upon your Second Amendment specifically enumerated right right to keep and bear arms. Okay. Well, well, um, we're talking to Michael O'Neill, attorney, who's actually written uh, quite a few amicus briefs for the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, I know personally well um, why, you know, how important it can be in some parts of New Orleans to have something in your glove compartment. And there's only there there's only um, there in throughout most of the city, you're not safe in New Orleans. And so you better have some protection mm-hmm. on you. And, and it's getting worse by the day. And I think that that just should be an American right. Who's to decide which city you're safe in and which and, and what areas of this country and, and what determines your ability to feel safe what determines i mean at what level of threat are we supposed to be under where we, where we where that we have to be under before we've got a right to to defend ourselves right i mean how many how many people do i have to how many bad guys do i have to step around uh, before uh, somebody now decides that i've got the right to defend myself meanwhile every sanctimonious actor out of hollywood is surrounded and 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 how many of these women on uh, alleged women on the view uh, are surrounded by armed security every time they step out of the studios it's absolutely it's it's um and by the way we're supposed to be subjected to some like you said some low-level bureaucrat who's going to what look at our facebook profile and not like something you know a conservative view that we've got don't think that that doesn't happen but what absolutely and just interestingly enough there was the the the, the Legal Aid Society of New York City actually praised this decision because these these um this arbit- these low-level bureaucrats were acting in a discriminatory manner mm-hmm. and were actually preventing African Americans from possessing handguns to, for, for legitimate purposes and protecting themselves. So there, so you had a ostensibly liberal left left or left-leaning organization actually praising this decision because individuals who live in these high crime areas can now legally possess a firearm for protection purposes. So it, it, it makes sense in that context. Now, what happens now, though? Because the mayor says, look, just because you've got a premise permit doesn't mean you can carry. This has to, It's been remanded down to, I think, the Second Circuit. What happens now? Well, I think we'll have to see. It'll have to be in, the, the decision now will have to be consistent with the Supreme Court's decision. This is an interesting question because it's really what controls now. And there's going to be a little bit of debate about this. Is it going to be... The, the, the concurring opinion, again, which is Kavanaugh and Roberts, who actually said they put they, they put a little a four corners on it. They said, yeah. that, hey, there are some reasonable limitations you can place on handguns. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of litigates out. And we really don't know right now what's going to be, how this is going to play out. We do know, though, what we can take is that the Second Amendment is stronger today than it was yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't like how, excuse me for interrupting, how Kavanaugh yeah, and, and I, I didn't like how Kavanaugh and Robert said, oh, that restrictions like, um, 
uh, sensitive places like schools. We we need schools is the one place. Did we have we not learned anything from Uvalde? Right, a, a hour and fourteen minutes they stood in the hallway while children were being picked off. Right, I mean the, these New York bureaucrats could decide to, to label every aspect of society as a sensitive situation, and now we're back to square one. We are better off today than we were, um, and clearly we are better off because I think uh, that I think. Um, the Boston Globe wrote an article today that they're in hysterics that this may uh, this may reverberate out them being one of the seven states that doesn't allow for um, for will um, uh, will issue uh, from right. a, what's the other term a shall issue versus for, right. I can't remember the terminology I think you are right on yeah oh, right exactly and so we are in a better case but again you can see this the, the mischaracterization and this goes for all the Supreme Court cases now that are that are coming out that the left doesn't agree with that don't fit into the leftist agenda you're going to get you not only get the left mischaracterizing these opinions and these decisions from the court but you get mainstream mainstream media, which I mean, I guess it's one and the same as left if you're talking about it, but ostensibly mainstream media mischaracterizing these opinions. You would think listening to this, that the the walls are coming down, that the country is mm-hmm. burning on fire because of the, the decisions of the United States Supreme Court. Nothing could be further from the truth. You are seeing rational, constitutional decisions coming out from the court this term right now. And mm-hmm. I applaud the court for this. There's the bravery yeah. that they're showing in the face of all of this hostility from the media, from the left, and from the liberal politicians. Not ostensibly, of course, you just played Kamala Harris, and so you heard what <laughs> she, she had to say. Well, yeah, Governor Hochul in New York's like, you know, that was about muskets. Right. I'm happy to go back to muskets. It's, uh, you know, it's it's absolutely right. insane. Let's let's uh, put on, uh, I'm going to ask you to put on your, be Karnak. Who remembers the Karnak skit from Johnny Carson sure. back in the sure. day? It was the only thing I ever thought as a kid was funny when my parents would watch Johnny Carson. What do you think, Do are we going to hear this tomorrow that finally get a decision on Roe v. Wade? Are they going to pick a date next week uh, to announce that ruling? Oh, boy. Uh, uh Gun to my gun to my head. <laughs> um, I don't think Dobbs is going to come out tomorrow. I think yeah. honestly, it's going to come out next week. Um, we do have a few other cases. I mean, Dobbs obviously is the big one, and that's the the Roe versus Wade. And you think you're hearing a lot of caterwauling from the left right now? Imagine, oh. Assuming, and again, I'm assuming here a decision substantially similar than the one that is leaked by Justice Alito uh, is released by 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 again Justice Alito. If there's that decision is released, you're going to see. I mean, I think you're seeing some really scary stuff. I see that Catholic churches now are under warnings from, mm-hmm. you know, violence. It's going to a, a night of violence. Who, who knows what, what, what to expect? And again, mischaracterization here. What's going to happen? The, the abortions aren't going to be outlawed overnight. The decision will be will simply revert to the political branches. In mm-hmm. other words, state legislatures will decide how and when to regulate abortions. So, and, and so in fact, there's a political solution to this. If you don't like your state's abortion laws, you can work to change it, or you can move to another state. The beauty of the federalism of the federalist process will be in, will be in will be on display. And but you're not going to hear that from the left. You're going to hear simply mm-hmm. throwing women back into the Stone Age and all this ridiculous stray voltage rhetoric that you're going to hear from the left. Yeah. And there's no there's no opportunity to have intelligent discussions about these decisions. And that's why what you're talking about is so important. Giving me the opportunity to talk about this is imperative so that the American people can understand what these decisions mean for the American people, not listen to these ridiculous leftists mischaracterize them. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's just it's hyperbolic. It's demagoguery. Exactly. It's it's you know it, the use of some of the similar tactics that they did to with their to get their communistic COVID crackdowns over on us using panic and fear, you know. Exactly. And and then and then quite frankly, I'm embarrassed by what I see from some women out on the streets and some of the some of the yammering and crap that they're spewing outside the court. I mean, it's just you know. Um, it's just it's it's pathetic what the left is doing. It's in, it, and it's even worse and more disgusting to me that there's still not been anybody that's been arrested, but they uh, the, uh, of these people that are outside just justices' homes, yeah. preying upon neighbors and victimizing these. I mean, those children. Kavanaugh has I don't know the ages of his children at this point, but there's children in there as well as across the entire neighborhood, and they're being they're being um, terrorized by these people yeah. and harassed by these people on the street and and we know that that's against the law and they're being allowed Absolutely. to get away with it um i appreciate you so much being here tonight and and sharing your wisdom the barbara k olson legal counsel is that the same barbara olson that we lost yes. on nine? Oh, i just loved her yes. so much yes. oh. yep uh yeah, exactly and so it was an uh, it was actually i've been the landmark for a number of years and it was in the, the seat was designated in honor of her memory absolutely well, thank you so much. Thanks again for being here. Appreciate you. And you know what? In the battle of the legal genius, I got to go with you over Kamala. It might have been tight, but I'm going with you, <laughs> well, Michael O'Neill. <laughs> Thanks so much. Take good care. Thanks a lot. You too. All Bye. right. Y'all stay tuned. We got more coming up on the other side of the break. Speaking of legal maneuvers, there's one that the Biden administration is doing that goes against girls. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. All eyes on SCOTUS, man. The left is absolutely hysterical today. Oh, this far right wing Supreme Court. We, you know, this is all. You know, um, you know, they're angry at Trump and, and the people putting out today that this is just such far right extremism. The, the American people are not used to seeing the Constitution upheld. Right. I mean, it's kind of like to use it. Thomas Sowell has a saying that when you're used to getting special accommodations, special treatment, being treated equally feels like you're being victimized, right? And that's kind of how it is. The left is so used to getting everything that they want at the Supreme Court. Then when the Supreme Court actually does something that's rational, like we were just talking about with Michael O'Neill, rational and does the right thing, and which is to uh, give us back our freedoms that have been denied from us or to return things back to the states instead of it being centralized, the left gets hysterical. I put it out on the socials today that the right, I'm not really hearing a lot of people really celebrating much about this today. I'm not really hearing a whole lot of people even really talking about it. Um, I mean, how do you guys feel about this decision today out of SCOTUS? And and are you on the edge of your seat as to what's going to happen with Roe? I'm wondering if 888-344-1170, I'm wondering if one of the reasons why not that many conservatives are really going yay yay i'm not really hearing a whole lot from is that you know they're um we're so used to being beaten down and not getting a good result out of the supreme court that basically it's just not much of a factor anymore from people 888-344-1170 um i, I it will be interesting i'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not i think scotus is going to go ahead and drop the decision tomorrow or do it next week. I think sometimes Fridays are when historically in politics, that's when bad news gets dropped. 
um, going into the weekend. If they're concerned, it depends on why they're waiting to release this. Uh, Some people are saying they're waiting to release this because Roberts likes to wait until the end for the biggest decisions so that other decisions they put out actually get read and get some attention. If they put out Roe right now, then who's going to be paying attention to the other cases that are putting out? Um, So that's one theory. Um, If they're concerned about violence, then to me, putting it out tomorrow would be the best thing to do because it will get less attention than if it's Tuesday, Wednesday in the middle of the week. Do you have a do you have a feeling on that, Skins? Knew I couldn't go the entire show without chiming in. I'm not going to say nothing. You're asking me my opinion. Um, Part of me thinks that they really want to just get it over with. I know they have waited so long. I'm betting that they're going to come out with it tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, that's not going to please some people. Um, I, before the during the break, I asked Gens. I'm like, you got that clip I wanted to play. Uh, 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 he. he <laughs> All right. You know what? Out of respect for you, my man. I'm just a classy guy. I just, uh, yeah. it, it makes me squirm. I don't like. Yeah. It. I mean, there is there uh, one of the reasons why I did want to play, but I think you're right because we like to keep things classy is it just goes to show some of these women that are out there and this, and there was this one clip from this woman talking about um, chanting over and over and over about regulating men's bodily functions. We'll just say it that way, regulate this. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's so absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And one of the reasons why it's absurd, that's absurd on its face is because you as women, we as women, we have the power to regulate men and whether or not what they do with themselves ends up getting us pregnant. You follow? You have the power, lady. You have the power. We have the power. Stop at it. It's it's absolutely insane to me for women to put forth this notion, the same notion. Oh, it's my body, my choice. You act like you don't have any choice here in the game. You act like the entire process of becoming pregnant is just is just one big rape and you don't have any say so in anything that happens here at any point in your life. Say no. If you if you don't want to if you don't want to do it, say no there. That's regulating a man's ability to get you pregnant right there. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. How about you? How about self-regulation in the form of birth control and not using abortion as birth control? Some of the most disgusting things I've heard was women chanting out there that that they were literally going to go out and get pregnant so that they could get an abortion. I mean, that we've gone off the rails culturally in this country. And what's going on is 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 actually what what I love so much about this decision with the guns today is. You know, that we are in a battle for the hearts and the minds of this country. Um, and, and the battle is, is not even so much, it, it's about traditional America, obviously, and the cultural Marxist. And the courts play a much bigger role in that than people thought and, and the rule of law. And one of the other things today that the Biden administration has pushed forth is um, it, when it comes to Title IX, what Title IX was um, back at this, um, it, it provided title nine was uh, the of the 1972 education amendments. And what it did was it provided protections to include sexual orientation. Uh, it provided protections and, and 
for sex, right? Uh, to curb sex-based discrimination and federally funded education. What the Biden administration wants to do now is expand that to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And so what it would do then is it would, um, the rule change would require every sex-separated space, program, building, bathroom, and locker rooms to accommodate individuals, quote, who may feel as though they are women, even though biologically they are men. That's insane. That's insane. And what this does is it destroys the very protections that Title IX was supposed to put in place, and that was to protect women. We've talked a couple times this week about about this uh, swimming organization that oversees the organization that oversees swimming that says biological males uh, cannot compete against women unless they can prove that they began transition before the age of 12, right? Um, All of this, every bit of this, this LB, as our listener disaffected Mike calls the alphabet mafia, every bit of this is abusing, abusing. Think about this. On the same day, we got all these women outside the Supreme Court, hysterical that the Supreme Court, we had some man, there was a clip of a man today that was saying that this is to, to overturn Roe v. Wade, if they overturn it, is to force women into slavery. Those are the same people that are absolutely okay with some 15 or 16 year old boy showering next to your daughter in a locker room. That's what's going on here. These are the same people that are okay with your daughter, who's 14, who spent her entire life so far working on a sport, so that, a sport that she loves, and, and not just as a way to, um, and, uh, to enjoy something that she's good at, but also maybe have, a, have an opportunity for have a professional career or get a scholarship in schools. Here's what one young gal had to say uh, about trans athletes competing. Uh, Skins clip one. Yeah, you wrote you felt defeated before you stepped onto the track because I kept it to myself, even knowing a male had been breaking records in the girls events. You're making the case it's not fair. Yeah, I feel like I lost a lot of my confidence because I felt like the race was over before I even began. And so I knew that I needed to stand up and speak out and tell my story and hope that other female athletes would do the same. God bless her for doing that. And if you and if you saw her, how does she, old does she look? I don't know how old she is, but she looks like she's 13. Very poised, absolutely adorable girl with this head full of curls. And my heart just aches for her. You know, to, to be able to compete, at any level for track and field, that is not easy. It doesn't. No, but, I was in track and field in high school. It's not easy. No, and she and just you. Even without seeing this clip, you can hear the dejection in her voice. Just completely a balloon that's been popped. Why are we doing this to young girls in this country? And if you are a part of this LBGTQ community, listen to her. You're destroying girls. Destroying their their dreams, their hopes, their futures. And it's all for power. This isn't about caring about kids. This is about destroying kids' lives. This is about destroying girls' lives for power, for politics. And speaking, and, and, and oh, by the way, these same people that are out there saying, oh, if you overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, it's going to put women into slavery. Uh, oh, this is, you know, they pretend they care so much about about women um, that don't give a crap about kids when it comes to this LBGTQ stuff. 
Um, they also don't give a, give a crap about kids in schools being sitting ducks. Uh, the Democrats spend $40 billion, another $40 billion earmarked to go to Ukraine. How much did Congress approve spending to fortify school security? $300 million. That's it. For hardening schools. Just sent another, oh, uh, this according to Tim Young, sent another $53 billion. $53 billion to Ukraine. Somebody gave the stats today that $53 billion, I think, is um, the same as the entire economy of one of our states. And I'm not sure if it's Rhode Island, maybe, but you think about that. Not a a large state like California, of course, but you think of a moderately sized state, and that's an entire years of their economy. Meanwhile, pennies to harden schools for kids. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got more to talk about. I might get skins to play another clip that he didn't want to play. <laughs> you got too much class for me, man. That's the problem. <laughs> more Andrea Case on its way. 888-344-1170. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So now we're looking at a mustard shortage. Hey, I said you wanted to get me to talk, bring up something important, and now they have gone too far, Andrea. What What would be causing a mustard shortage? I in don't this know. Country? I, I got to look this up. Yeah, well, look. Yeah, though it looks like one of our dear friends Yasmin on our Facebook live stream is streaming that. I I I'm not sure. I've mentioned that um, this week we're looking at a peanut butter shortage, and in fact, this past weekend I was in a store and the shelves were completely empty. I don't know if that's people just in anticipation or for out. And my my baby boy Gator loves him some PB. He doesn't get a huge amount of it, and I make sure that there's certain kinds that's okay to give dogs and certain kinds not. Um, so he gets the expensive um, organic, non-hydrogenated, the all-natural organic kind. I'm checking out this mustard thing during the break because I have to know like where it's supposedly we get most of the mustard from and what the problem is. Well, yeah, I mean, it comes from mustard comes from mustard seeds. So you know, is this from based? Does this have to do with the fertilizer shortage? I mean, where I don't I don't really know how mustard seeds are grown, but let me tell you. Um, mustard was a staple in, in every aspect of our cuisine growing up. Okay. Um, we even put a little dash of mustard in our bechamel sauce. Um, I love mustard greens. If you've ever, have you ever had mustard during the break? Uh, tell the audience, uh, do you like yellow or Dijon? I'm a Dijon person. Yeah, there's certain things both go with, but if I had to pick one, it's Dijon all the way. Hot button question of the day, Dijon or or the old school yellow mustard, 888-344-1170. Look, you know, it could be... It could be related to just more of this inflation issues. Uh, okay, it's true the, too. The White House today is continuing to tout this, you know, Fed ninety day federal tax holiday as though eighteen cents a gallon is going to do anything for you. That's just a, for me. It's maybe three four dollars when I fill up. That's not going to. That's not going to to do anything to help me. Um, we actually have, I think, a soundbite from some local drivers on their thoughts on this uh, clip too. This is going to cost me $175 to fill up my pickup truck. Um, I would say that I doubt if he'll do anything, and he doesn't care about us. No, he didn't care. Because if he cared, we wouldn't be in this position in the first place, and he would be doing what he could do 
to stop it. Instead, we are exactly where they want us to be. We are suffering the pain that they want us to endure. They want us to cry uncle and go out and rush out. We can't afford a gas, but they want us to rush out and pop 60 grand for an electric vehicle. Hour two on its way. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.